As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. This week's podcast is brought to you in part by Bill Taylor Enterprises. BTE is a manufacturing, design, and support company that specializes in high-performance automatic transmission assemblies and components for drag racing, off-road, marine, and street performance. Stay tuned to learn more about BTE's tune-up services. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in Sportsman Drag Racing and the stars within it. It's time for The Big Interview. On the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. All right, the big interview this week is on the phone with us. And uh, quite frankly, I'm super excited about this one. This is a, a guy that I know fairly well, but I'm looking forward to getting to know him a little bit better. In the middle of one of the most historic seasons in bracket racing history, it is great to have Matthew James Dadis on the phone with us tonight. Matt Dadis, how are you tonight, bud? Good. How are you, Big Jed? I am doing really well. Uh, a lot better getting to talk to you, and uh, definitely appreciate you taking some time to join us tonight and, and let our listeners, as well as myself, get to know you a little bit better. Yes, sir. Well, you're obviously, again, a very popular figure at the races, but especially 2019. But for those that aren't quite as familiar with you and your racing history, Matt, give us a semi-brief rundown of how you got started in racing and how you've reached the point where you're at now. Well, I guess I started racing juniors at uh, the age of nine. From there, I raced, I think, juniors till I was 17 or 18. But um, when I 
turn actually it was around 15 and a half but right around 16 years old i started racing a full-size car we had a camaro that uh we threw together and it went six nineties in the eighth and that's kind of when i started racing big cars was around the age of 16 but raced uh juniors from nine to 18 and then kind of raced them together from around 16 to 18 and uh raced big cars together from then when i turned 18 i kind of when uh i guess i had the starfire right around then we uh just had got it right around when i was 18 so started racing that and then shortly after that i got the the ranger and threw that together and kind of went from there on my dad's had a 82 camaro that uh he's had that since actually the year i was born 95 so that was kind of my mine and my sister's uh training wheel car as i like to call it that's what uh got us out of juniors and started going down the racetrack in that and oh. uh that's, that's about it where did that take place where were your first runs matt my first ever run down the racetrack actually my first two races were uh dragway 42 i raced my sister's junior at the time we only had one junior dragster so we had to uh we had to share cars for a weekend <laughs> and uh so i got to race that one day and then later on that season a friend of ours nick moss he had gotten a uh a new junior so he let me race his car i'm at the dragway 42 like halloween race they have those are my first memories but i've always well i've grown up at at norwalk that's been kind of my home track since i was a little kid yeah so speaking of home what is your hometown and your occupation matt vermilion ohio and uh i work for my father he actually has worked for a company for 40 years now so i work uh kind of alongside him with that awesome doing what we do uh i do cad design like mechanical design okay excellent matt it's to say the least it's been an incredible season (laughs) um but more specifically, a three-month stretch that has etched your name in bracket racing history. Tell us about your season. You, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly when it started. I know I saw you in Vegas in April. You know, obviously to the SFG 525 where uh, you guys had quite a bit of success. Uh, you, you were more of a car owner there to Bristol to your great event. You participated in the WFC. No box bonanza, boo banger. I mean, it's really been an incredible three month stretch. So, tell us a little bit about that stretch. I actually started uh, started off the year kind of in preparation to go to Vegas um, at Huntsville. I went to um, I can't remember what race it was, but it was late March, I believe. I had never been there before. Actually, uh, broke my broke the Starfire. It uh, was making a whole lot of noise from the rear end after the first day i think i think i got down to nine cars or something with it banging and my dad just <laughs> kept telling me i was like dude i don't know i think this thing's gonna come apart and he's like just keep staging it and he's like i don't think it'll come apart but if it does be ready for a ride but so i i ended up broke my car and raced ricky bear's car to finish out the weekend but then after that got the starfire fixed tested at dragway 42 which kind of has been a weird kind of thing this year i tested at dragway 42 before the uh, sfg 525 before the bristol event and before i went to vegas and all of them have turned out to be pretty decent events but then drove 36 hours across the country to vegas and uh 
that was kind of really the the big start to the season was when we started in Vegas, and then from there, just you know, the whole plan was go to the five twenty five at Martin and do Bristol, and I mean the the real plan was. I had a goal at the beginning of the season was just make a split in one of those races and that'll pay for your season pretty much. And, <laughs> and from there, it's just been uh, unbelievable. Uh, surreal, really. I'd say mission accomplished. Uh, <laughs> you, you make quite a bit more than the split. You determined the split. But So tell us about the SFG 525, Matt. So that's obviously, uh, as a car owner there, your driver, Gage Birch, had a, an unbelievable weekend himself with uh, runnering up the, the 50 grander and then winning the, the 525. Tell us about that weekend. Like, how did you and Gage come together as partners for that event? Gage and I have been pretty decent friends for probably the better part of, I don't know, four or five years now. He called me up and probably... Actually, we were, I think we were just, you know, texting back and forth and kind of joking around. He's like, hey, man, he's like, I I have an opportunity, have some entries for the, the 500 grander at, at Martin. He's like, do you know anyone that has a car I could run? And I was like, well, I have a car. And he's like, what car? I was like, well, you could, you could run the Ranger. And I was like, it's, it's decent. I mean, it's, it's, I think it's good enough to take to that race. From then on, we kind of just set some plans. And when he was going to come in, he ended up flying to Iowa, I believe, where his girlfriend lives. And uh, they drove over all night one night and uh, got there early in the morning. I mean, late, late night, early morning from there. I mean, we just, he made his first run in, in the truck. And I think he was 14 on the tree or something. And I was like, well, you know, you probably should have a little less in the box and went up and made a second run. He rolled 10 out and was four. And then, uh, he was, <laughs> he was doubled first round. He was four take four in both entries. Wow. From then on, I was like, man, like, uh, this could get interesting. And, uh, I think he ended up that that was the first 50 grand. I think he ended up, you know, third or fourth round, but made really impressive runs the whole way there. And then the, uh, the second 50 grander, you know, things just started rolling and uh next thing you know we're down to six cars trying to work a split and at that point i think i don't really remember the figure we were getting but it was enough to cover our weekend and i was like man it can't get much better than this and uh <laughs> and he ended up running up in the 50 he was i think two or three on the tree and one ten thou under i think in the final <laughs> against chris bear and uh from then on, then we, I mean, rolled into the 500 grander with a lot of confidence. I mean, the truck was really good. And I think Gage has said it a couple of times. There were probably two people on the premises that would have ever picked that truck to win, but Gage and I were both of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's, that's an incredible weekend in itself. So now you're competing in the largest paying bracket race in the history of the sport and the the wind lights are starting to click. Take us through that day, Matt. What was that like? Well, I, I think I missed the first, I don't know, four or five rounds. I was still on myself, and Gage and I were kind of following each other to the lanes, kind of. So I, I saw some of his runs, you know, within a pair or two, and if I'd go down in front of him, I'd run to the fence and watch him go down. But then I think I, I was red 
fifth round or something along those lines. And from then on, it went into full crew chief mode. And, uh, I mean, it was, it's probably, I've said it a couple times to people. It was the most fun I think I've ever had in drag racing when I wasn't in the seat of a race car. I mean, it was, you really would have thought we were racing for 500 bucks. Like it was, <laughs> we were laughing and joking. And I mean, I, I'm pretty sure Gage dropped to uh six above at one point for a win light. And uh, I rode him pretty hard on that, the rest of the race. So <laughs> needless to say, it was, uh, I mean, the, obviously, you know, the wind lights and stuff were a blast, but just to, to do it in that truck and, with the circumstances that like Gage had never sat in it before Wednesday of that event. Like it's just unbelievable. Like it was, we, we literally said when we made the big split there, like it was, I I believe it was somewhere around $10,000 was the big split. But we said there, we were like, it literally can't get any better than this. Like runner up in a 50, make the big split in the highest paying drag race in the country at the time. I mean, it's, but then it's, you know, like the pressure was lifted off after that. Gage even said, he's like, I don't care what deals you make after this. He's like, let's just go have fun. A lot of people probably remember the giant burnouts that were probably unnecessary, but pretty fun <laughs> at the time. So we were just, <laughs> just having a good time. I mean, it was surreal. You know, it didn't, didn't feel like yeah. it was happening. We uh, had like a, a pretty good little role going. I mean, Carly and I, my girlfriend, we would <laughs> ride the same exact scooter up the same exact way, park it in the same exact spot. And then her brother, Austin and Gage's girlfriend, Nicole would do the same exact thing. We'd follow each other up to the lanes. And I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's surreal really. The, is the, the word for it. What a great story. And obviously part of the reason you're, you're here is because that led to victory and you guys obviously had an unbelievable, unimaginable day at the racetrack or weekend at the racetrack so you go from there matt and you you obviously have performed well at other events but you go to bristol to the next half a million dollar to win race tell us what your days were like prior to the 500 grander like how were you performing car doing well what was that like i felt like i made decent runs i don't believe i made a payout round previous to the the actual 500. I uh, I don't think I turned on a third round wind light, but I thought I made pretty good runs. I mean, I hit the tree decent, and the car was really good. I mean, it was. I mean, it, normally, if I tend to get upset sometimes when I lose because, in most cases, I let the car down. You know, the car's really good, and I make a you know a goofball mistake. But um, car was really good, and then I don't know. I was I actually lost first round of the 500. I made a a decent run. The car was going a little faster than I thought, and I ended up under. But I was, I think I was 007, and then came up for the re-entry round, and I was like, well, this is the time to do it, I guess. <laughs> so I I think I I rolled five out from the seven, and uh, I was 003 and on zero against Bug McCarty. From then on, I just kind of set in with that mindset. I mean, it's just, this is the time to do it. This is the race that counts, and kind of the one you've been looking forward to all year so from then on it just i don't know it was pretty wild <laughs> yeah pretty wild is, is definitely a, a phrase you could use but 
obviously Jake Hodge and I were at the top end doing interviews in the late rounds. And, you know, as your wind light started clicking off and, and I'll, I'm guilty as charged. I'm thinking along with probably a lot of people, like there's no way, there's no way that Matt and everybody loves you. So it's not rooting against you, but it's like, it just doesn't seem possible that that Matt's going to continue to do this after what happened at the SFG 525 and then sure enough here you are find yourself in the, you know in the quarterfinals I think did you have the buy there at 5 if I remember correctly yeah I had the buy at 5 yeah was, I think I was right on my buy run yeah but car was excellent uh, I think the round pro Prior to that is when you told me, you know, I, I just trusted the car, I, you know, I pointed at the scoreboard and he's letting go obviously very well. So no point in, in us being humans and messing that up. You, you made a really good decision there and trusted the car and it worked well for you. But like seeing that go on and, and being there with you at the top end, you it's like you were just enjoying the moment, man. I mean, you really, you really were were just like I would hope that I could be in that moment. You just were having a good time. And it it was so fun and amazing to be a part of it and enjoy that with you and, and see your your demeanor and your attitude the whole time. It was really cool. And then obviously take it to the final and uh, get another amazing reward at the next 500 grander. It was, it was really cool to be a part of. But how do you, uh, how did you like just, enjoy it so much in the moment like that i don't know i mean it was it it was eerily similar to the way the you know gage's race went down we were just gage was around me the whole time and my my dad was there so that was pretty cool and then uh another one of my really good friends lee newmeyer he was around us the whole time and we just i mean it was just i, I don't know we just kind of tried to make light of the situation or, you know, light of the situation really. I mean, it was, yeah, you're racing, you're racing for life changing money, but I mean, the, what, I guess what this sport's all about is, you know, making good runs and having fun doing it. So I don't know. I mean, I was in a pretty good groove on the tree, but I, I also had, I mean, I want a double breakout by a couple foul once, which normally doesn't go my way or, anyone's way for that matter it always ends yeah. up you know someone's on the losing end of that and it was very relaxed i mean my dad's a pretty calm person so i think that kind of helped me out he would uh we'd come back and just kind of you know talk about i don't know talk about something other than actually the race talk about something with the car or what we're gonna do next week or something and i mean it was more relaxing than stressful really i mean he had some stressful moments then obviously pulling under the, the arch at Bristol with, you know, a ton of people in front of you is um, pretty wild. I mean, that, that is, it doesn't get more shocking than that when you pull under there and there's, looks like a grudge race is going on under, you know, in the burnout box, but (laughs) that was probably the nervous part, but I don't know. I mean, just having those people around me kind of put me in a good spot, you know, I mean, even in my mind just to go out and have some fun and, I mean, let go like like I should and really trust the car. You know, I mean, car was really good, and, I mean, that made it a little easier on me. You know, I Gage even said, he's like, keep doing what, what got you there. You know, so I would just, for, you know, the last probably four or five rounds, I trusted the car and was set up to really make a time run for the most part. And, I don't know, I mean, that 
having that confidence in, I guess, my hot rod made it, you know, a, a touch more relaxing too. I'm sure. Uh, obviously, uh, worked out very well for you. Got the runner up. You shared with me in the winter circle interview that you felt like you you might have staged a little sloppier than you wanted to, but you know you might have just got it all too. But you were a few thousand red there, so you you come up with a runner up spot. But uh, there was so much genuine love for you uh, there around that winter circle and. Obviously, afterward on Facebook, I, I've, I've scrolled through your Facebook page as I prepared for the interview, and <laughs> it's just it's truly creepy. incredible. Yeah, it's a little bit of creeping. Yeah. <laughs> it is incredible, the, the outpouring of love for you because you're so well-liked uh, in the racing community. So even the runner-up spot obviously shared that moment with you, so I know that you were very appreciative of it. But could you ever imagine? I mean... You can't even imagine that, man. Like, you're, no, you're part of honestly, finals of that, of that magnitude? Yeah, I, was, I mean, I've had a couple people tell me, they're like, you know, there's been two $500,000 races ever, and you've had a part in <laughs> both of them in, in some way. Right. And it's, I mean, that's, that's surreal. I mean, to go from, you know, nine-year-old kid racing juniors that, I will say I probably wasn't the greatest junior racer really in my career to this now. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And I mean, I still, I even said it, I think to you in the interview, I'd rather have gauge in the car in some cases. Cause I mean, I probably trust his judgment on the racetrack a little more than my own, but to be a part of the first one as a car owner and then to come back around and do it myself. That was, I mean, there's nothing more special than that. Uh, honestly, yeah. Truly amazing. And then you go on from there and you, you've won at the No Box Bonanza, you know, historic bottom bulb event, big crowd full of talent. And you, you showed that you can go do it on the bottom still. You, you've you won at uh, Disco Dean's Boo Banger event. I mean, they're truly one of the most remarkable seasons in bracket racing history. And it's not over. I'm sure there's uh, some left that we'll talk about later. But... And I'm not trying to get in your business here at all, but I mean, I got to know, have you made any significant purchases after your, your recent windfalls? Uh, not yet. I do plan on, uh, I've always wanted a, a real nice diesel pusher of my own. So I think that's probably uh, a purchase on the horizon. I'm always, I'm even before kind of the success, I've always been kind of a, uh, a race car hunter, I guess you could say. I, uh, yeah. I'm always looking for a race car to buy or uh, a deal on a race car. So I've I've got a couple things on the horizon there, maybe a couple cars I'm looking at, but uh, nothing super crazy yet. Kind of just planning out the winter, what we're gonna do for freshening cars up and stuff like that. I mean, just cool. But no, uh, no huge purchase yet. Well, good stuff. I hope you hope you find those things. Obviously, you're investing back in your racing program. I hope you find the things you're looking for, and it all works out. So, Matt, you are always sure to thank a lot of people that help you get to the track, and that's when you win or lose, which I love that about you. <laughs> but you're especially thankful for what your dad does to help you. I mean, I see it over and over and over again. What does that relationship mean to you? Because it's it's obvious really what it means to you but can you put it in words i don't know i mean i definitely wouldn't be drag racing if i didn't have my dad that's for sure 
and I mean, really, he's, it comes down to it. He's my best friend. I mean, we, uh, I probably call or talk to him more in a day than probably anyone else. We have the same interest in, you know, what we're doing. And I have to say we're, you know, we're, we're built from the same mold pretty much. We can almost finish each other's sentences, but I mean, we, I don't know. We just, we work hard together on, you know, all the race cars and it never fails that the, uh, you know, before we shut the hood on either of the race cars, before we load them up, it's always said, this is the best it can be for the weekend coming up. It's, it, uh, it never fails that one of us says it, you know, this, this is as good as we're going to have the car for this weekend. And I mean, that's, that's been said this whole season, really. I mean, it's, but honestly, I mean, it's just, to be able to do it with him is, is really special. You know I mean? It's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, he, he doesn't get enough credit for, uh, I think as good of a racer as, as he was and, and still is he, uh, he's won, I think 14 or 15 national events and IHRA higher odd finished second, second in the world a few times. But I mean, just, we both love exactly, you know, exactly this and that's going racing and, the chance to maybe turn on someone lights. So really that cool. relationship is, uh, it's really special. Yeah. Sound like talents in the blood too. So that's, that's a really cool thing. <laughs> and, and I know your dad's got to be unbelievably proud of you. And as, as males, we all live to make our dads proud of us, but I mean, running into a septic tank on a three wheeler is probably a bit extreme <laughs> trying to, <laughs> trying to make your father proud. So, um, so I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I might have did a little, little digging here to see. There's not many people I know about that one. <laughs> that was as a child, just so people know. <laughs> Yeah, I was, uh, I think I was six-ish. It was, it was actually, it was before, I think, uh, we even had our house built at our, our current, where we live currently, which we built that in 99. So yeah, I was, I was five or six years old and, uh, that didn't turn out very well. (laughs) It didn't sound like it. Uh, along with your dad, obviously you have some very special women in your life too, Matt. You know, I can see it in how you talk about Carly and uh, your mom and your sister Lauren talk about those ladies for us and, and what they mean to you. I mean, first off, my mom, she, uh, she definitely, uh, both my parents, I mean, they, but my mom mostly, I mean, they, they make a lot of sacrifices for what we do and what we did growing up, you know, racing and everything. So, I mean, I definitely, the, uh, the wheels on the bus would fall off if it if it wasn't for my mom that's for sure i mean she's definitely uh if you're ever around when she's at the racetrack you you'll definitely have something to eat and she'll make it known that she wants you to eat i mean but she <laughs> yeah yeah she uh she definitely keeps all this going i mean her and my dad but there's it never fails well this is a perfect example i was going to kill care this past weekend to uh race disco deans race at the boo banger and uh i get a call from my dad so it was just me and my dad getting ready to you know go my i went by myself but my dad was helping me get ready to go racing so my mom had put a bag of food in the refrigerator of the house so we could go racing well anyway i get about an hour or so down the road and my dad calls me and uh he goes hey you got everything like, yeah i think so i think we're good to go he goes there's a bag in the refrigerator 
think you forgot that. I don't know what it is. And I was like, <sighs> my mom had made a huge bag of food for the whole weekend and, and definitely forgot it. So she wasn't there and things went awry. So yeah, she, uh, she definitely keeps it on, keeps the bus on the road. You know, that's for sure. And keeps my dad and I straight when we're at home. Yeah. I imagine that's quite but, a task. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Carly, uh, she's a special one. She's a saint for putting up with all the racing we do. And her and I, a lot of people know her and I, we have a long distance relationship. She lives about three hours from my house, but, uh, definitely, um, without her, wouldn't be able to do all this. That's for sure. She makes it work more than she probably gets credit for and more than I probably give her credit for. But, uh, she's right there all the time. And to the point of if, I mean, a lot of people have seen it, but whenever she's not at the racetrack, it, people are probably always wondering why I'm on my phone, like right before I put my helmet on under the tower. But I, oh. before every run, I text her, I love you. And right when I, uh, <laughs> right when I pull off the track, I let her know if I won or lost. And sometimes it's a, uh, winner with a hard eyes. And sometimes <laughs> it's just, I lost period. <laughs> and she kind of gets the gist there. And, uh, yeah. And is good at uh, good at uh, going along with the you know the situation as it goes. So yeah, I don't know. She's special. She really is. She's I love her to death. And I mean, yeah. definitely couldn't couldn't do this without her. Yeah, from afar, your your relationship looks extremely special and and very supportive of one another. So it looks like you guys have what it takes for for long lasting love. And then uh, then there's Lauren. I mean, your sister. Yeah you're not supposed to like and, and get along with and <laughs> like you guys have a great relationship as well. Yeah, we have a good time. I mean, her and I are, I probably don't talk to her as much as I should, but every time I do talk to her, it's, it's something good. She's a, a lot of people know her. She's a spitfire. She <laughs> keeps you on your toes. That's for sure. But I love her to death and she'd do anything for me and I'd do anything for her. So she's always over the house and, you know, always, there there was a picture of her and our dog in uh in the ranger before literally like two days before we left to go to martin and uh she said afterward that you know she was the one that got the truck ready for gauge so she's pretty good <laughs> for that but uh she's awesome i mean she's uh another i mean they're all a team really i mean carly my mom her they uh they're always uh, probably the first person or first person or first person to text me or first person to post on Facebook that I, you know, won something or yep. did something. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, they're all really special. I definitely, uh, I wouldn't want to want to do what, uh, what we do without any of them for sure. Yeah, that's evident. Um, and I think Lauren probably contributed to your, uh, drag racing addiction at an early age by you know maybe dragging you around in a laundry basket with pillows in it like maybe that, yeah that need for speed <laughs> yeah i'm surprised uh i'm surprised she if you did talk to her i'm surprised she didn't tell you uh our record against each other because that's a uh that's an ongoing uh fight in most cases but she didn't she thinks she's beat me more than i've beat her but I was going to say she didn't, but I'm all ears. I mean, if you if you want to discuss that. <laughs> she thinks she's won more, and you think you've won more. Yeah, I do know that 
I got her in the one that counted. We've only had to run one time in uh, in full size cars, and I got her pretty good there at uh, Dragway Forty Two. But she she may or may not have beat me a few times in juniors when I was uh, a little tyke, I guess you could say. <laughs> All right, so now that we've taken care of those special people in your life and everybody's wiping the tears from their eyes and and wanting to hear <laughs> more about, you know, regular stuff, uh, let's have some fun. Tell me why there is a one-way sign on the starting line at Osceola Dragway. <laughs> and I will say I don't know the answer to this, so I'm very interested. Okay, all right, so Carly's twin brother, Austin, put on a bracket race at Osceola Dragway. It was called the Midsummer Bracket Bash. And I had, we had dated probably for a little over a year at this point. So I was over their house quite often. And I told them, I think the, I honestly don't even remember when the race was June, maybe somewhere around the summer solstice. Uh, But anyway, I had told over the winter that I'm going to win the $10,000 main event. I, I straight told him, I'm like, I'm going to win that thing. And it probably was joking around a little bit because I'm, you know, that's just kind of how I am. But then I ended up actually winning it. And at that point, I'm cruising down the racetrack and I made a pretty solid run. My wind light comes on in the final and I'm ecstatic at this point. I'm going crazy. So there's a guy that's sitting at the end of the track and I go to the turnoff and I flip it around and start driving up the end of the track. So he's cheering me on and all this stuff, and I'm like, oh, sweet, this is this is really cool. So I'm cruising up the track a little more. I see a guy standing at the eighth mile, and from afar, he looks like he might be cheering me on, too. So I'm, I'm still pumped up. And I end up getting a little closer, and I realize he may or may not be yelling at me. So I go blowing past him, obviously. I mean, uh, what else are you going to do? Stop? Yeah. I don't know. Nobody so got time for that. Then... <laughs> Yeah, so then the the track manager is standing at the 60-foot cone. And again, from far, he looks like he's kind of cheering me on. But then I really get closer, and I can tell he is unhappy with the situation. And it was told to me that it – I did not know this, but it was an IHRA rule that I could not go up the racetrack the other way after the final, and that I was pretty much a danger to society. <laughs> for doing that so after that yeah there uh there just happened to be maybe a month or two after that a one-way sign posted on the starting line of the racetrack oh my goodness i had no idea where that story was going that was not even (laughs) close to what i thought how awesome is that (laughs) one way only (laughs) correct Osceola dragway is one way if anyone uh if anyone was curious Matt, do you ever lose a race at the Mopar event at Norwalk? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, in the last four years, not really. But I did. I have been in the semis a couple times and gotten my butt kicked. But uh, no, the uh, Vic uh, Vic will tell you that's a uh, that's a pretty good one for us in the uh, the last few years. I think uh, this year I won all three days off the bottom in uh, in his duster. Doris. I have one. Yes, Doris is after. Uh, my claim to fame is a 10 flat index. Now, you stage up next to me in 10 flat index, and it's it's going to get nasty in the Volvo. And, uh, <laughs> that is in the I long track. Have, I, okay. 
case that, we have any southern listeners, that is a long track. Yes, that is on the long track. <laughs> but yeah, the uh, the Volvo and I have clicked uh, pretty well in ten flat the uh, the last five years or so. I believe I've gone to it the last six years, and uh, I've staged up in six finals and five wins and one runner up. So pretty darn impressive. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's, it's it's fun. And then lastly, in this little run of fun ones. You won the Halloween Classic the first time you raced a big car? <laughs> yeah. Is, is yeah, that really true? Uh, yes, that is true. How is that possible? I that was, is one of the most historic events in the sportsman racing landscape. And your first yeah, time was, in a, uh, you go out and win, it had to have been like a million entries. Oh, yeah. I think there was 1,100 entries that year. <laughs> something along those lines i don't quote me on that but i believe it was around 1100 entries but yeah it was uh i was uh 15 and a half i had my temporary license state of ohio temporary license and somehow i believe my father talked billy bader into letting me race i think it was pretty much like oh this kid's never been in this car we just put the car together we just want to get him some runs before next season he's going to run a full season next season when he's 16 years old i end up fun fact also uh carly always hates when i say this because she thinks i'm bragging but my first run ever in that car i was triple zero on the tree at the halloween classic oh wow yeah but yeah i did i won the halloween classic at 15 years old i had some very lucky rounds along the way i got two by runs my trans brake fell off the steering wheel at one point my guy was <laughs> And my car picked up two tenths down to five cars. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah might have got a couple of breaks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I did have to run Nick Hastings in the final, which that was uh, that was pretty special, too. He was, yeah. uh, he's someone I really look up to, so that was that was pretty cool. No doubt. Very talented young man himself. But And you, so you won prior to 16. I don't remember you getting crucified on Facebook or <laughs> uh, DragRaceResults.com or any of that stuff. That is true. That is How true. Interesting. I know, yeah. Odd. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, what do you love most about racing? Oh man. Um honestly the people. I've I mean, I've gotten to meet people like you and get to be close friends with people like you, but I mean just all the people. I mean I I feel like I I've met a lot of really cool people, a lot of really good people to know also and definitely a whole lot of funny people which i'm all about funny so yeah if uh if you can make me laugh at the racetrack you're you're definitely one of my friends <laughs> well you uh you you definitely have a huge circle of friends i i mean to know you is to love you and i, I think definitely that was the perfect answer the people is, is most definitely the the best thing about racing they're consistent whether we're winning or losing, you know, the, the personality right. stuff out there. And you're, you're definitely among the, the finer people in the sport. But, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here because uh, this is a little right. vague and broad. But what needs to improve in our sport? What are we doing wrong, yeah. if anything, right now, Matt, that you'd like to see improve? I don't know. I mean, that's a wonderful question, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it really is. 
Well, and the reason I ask, I don't ask that to everybody, but I'm going to be a little transparent here. So the reason I would ask a guy like you is because you're not a controversial – I don't ever – I don't get to see you much, but I don't ever see or hear you in the pits going, man, I wish they'd do this or I wish they'd do that. That was a terrible decision. So I would think if if you did have a subject here that you wanted to discuss, it would be worthy of, of a listen. Yeah, I don't. I honestly, I, I don't feel like I'm a very controversial person. I, I kind of just roll with the punches, and I've, I've said that a lot over, you know, my 24 years. I just kind of roll with it. I don't know. I would say, I mean, I enjoy the, you know, the big money aspect of drag racing, but I also, um, there's nothing better than going to uh, which anymore. It's you know. It used to be a huge dollar race, but a five grander or even a weekly points race that pays two grand. Like I, there needs to be, you know, some more fun races out there. Like honestly, like the, a boo banger is, you know, the boo banger is a perfect example. Like that was, you know, it, it was, a not a party, but it was, you know, it was centered around having a lot of fun, you know? So yeah, if that could be, um, I mean, the, I love the, you know, the big stage events that are, you know, super serious and professional, but the, like the more fun races that like are, I don't know. I, I think I could, if there were more of those in, you know, in our sport today, that would be, I think that would help out. Well said, very well said. So Matt, what's remaining on your schedule for 2019? I am going to the, actually the Halloween classic starting this Saturday and I think most people know it's it's a marathon race, so we'll go park there this Saturday, and we will not roll out of the gate until the Sunday prior. So you're there for eight days at at least, which I always have a good time at that, and it helps that I live close. I don't always stay out there the whole week, but there's a lot of people that do. But go to the Halloween Classic, um, and then I believe uh, straight from the Halloween Classic that Sunday or early Monday – we're going to go to Montgomery for the, uh, for the million. And, uh, I've never been to the million, so it's kind of, uh, it's a good way to, uh, kind of knock a bucket list item off of, uh, of a dream season, I guess. So we're going to go to the million. And then I, I made a pact with Gage. I said, if the million goes well, we'll go from the million straight to Darlington for, I think there's some hundred granders or it's an SFG race. I do believe, but, uh, there, and then, uh, I've, I've, always uh grown to like the door car race the loose rocker door car race at piedmont and the fall for break frenzy so we'll do those two too so Excellent. that's the uh that's the plan still got a ton left to do then that, that's really cool and I look yeah forward, look forward to seeing you at the million doing your thing it'll be, it'll be great to see you down there yeah, what about excited. plants i'm sorry i'm excited for that one yeah that's that's uh you know, it's the original million. It obviously isn't the largest paying one anymore, but it still is a is an event like no other. It got a great atmosphere, and and there'll be plenty of excitement there. So, looking forward to that one as well. What about plans for 2020, Matt? Anything new that you're going to be trying to do, or just much of the same? Pretty much uh, about the same. I'm gonna do the you know the normal big money stuff. Um, I I enjoy that a lot. I really uh i don't know i like the i mean you to be around i mean the people like the kenny underwoods the troy willie 
the Jason Lynch's of the world. Like that's, I don't know. I, I really enjoy that. And to, uh, to be able to stage up next to those guys is super cool. And so I, I've really, you know, come to like that type of racing. So I'm going to probably do a little bit of the same there. Maybe, uh, I was fortunate enough to drive, uh, Gary Stinnett's super stalker, uh, earlier this year. So maybe if I could pop in that, you know, a time or two, that'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. fun too. The Mopar race for sure. Definitely be there. Of course. Yeah. Just kind of a little bit of the same, pretty much. No, uh, no huge changes. Awesome. Well, lastly, before we get into the the rapid fire, I know there's a lot of people, and, and you might not can even think of them all off the top of your head, but I know you want to thank a lot of people that helped you get to the track and that have been a part of this dream season for you, Matt. Who's who's on the list? Definitely, uh, obviously, my parents, my mom and dad, Carly and my sister. Mickey Thompson, they, Buddy and Tommy are... Uh, I've said it, you know, for the last few years, you know, they're a sponsor, but they're also great friends. I probably, um, I probably have been to more late night dinner sessions and, you know, just, uh, BSing with them more than probably anyone this year. We, uh, buddy lives pretty close to me and Tommy does too. And we always end up going to grab dinner in most cases once a week. Yeah, definitely Vic Ellinger, uh, Weisco. I mean, he's, you know, it helps me out in the Weisco aspect, but helps me out even more as a friend. I mean, he uh, definitely, I would say, uh, paved the way to uh, us having equipment like we do. We uh, we bounce a lot of ideas off each other, done a lot of testing together over the years. That's, I mean, goes along with Weisco and Mickey Thompson. They've, you know, they'll have test sessions and Dick and I'll be, you know, the lucky ones to get invited to it. So we've been lucky enough to get to you know change some stuff and see what works and all that so him uh steve guyman who is uh he's a local uh racer and friend uh he owns a tire store near us and uh literally before i went to uh kill care uh, last week i had a, a nail in my trailer tire and it was i was planning on leaving at one o'clock and it was noon and uh i went there and he uh there was a tire sitting on the shelf and they dropped everything they were doing, mounted my tire and I was out of there in 20 minutes. So, I mean, just people like that. Um, definitely, uh, um, power master performance. They always, they've helped me out the last few years. Uh, basil race fuels, um, Rick Cole racing. They, uh, he's actually a really, really good friend of, uh, my father's has been for years and he does all my transmissions uh, Rick Speedway Performance. They're actually those two shops are literally about a mile from each other. Um, Rick Speedway Performance is uh, a speed shop my uh, my father's uncle uh, started in 1971, and it's been in the same exact spot ever since then. It's a little hole in the wall shop in South Amherst, Ohio, and uh, they put the power plants in all these cars. And uh, uh, Rick Wyko, who is who is Rick of Rick Speedway, he uh, my father's uncle he uh he got my dad racing so if it wasn't for him i definitely wouldn't be racing uh johnny also at rick speedway um gene lampshire tfc transportation he uh he helped me out on my trip to vegas uh earlier this year and i've uh I've had a big sticker on the car of his uh for the rest of the year and i uh i don't see myself ever taking it off so he's been a big help and definitely always someone uh 
someone I talk to, you know, when I'm at the racetrack or even off the racetrack. Uh, awesome. And yeah, a lot of people, I mean, it's, it, uh, trick flow, they helped me out. I mean, they have put cylinder heads on our cars the last few years. I mean, it's a lot of, uh, a lot of support, you know, I mean, it definitely, yeah. I say it a lot, you know, and a lot of my Facebook stuff, but I, I, none of these things would happen without those people. Great list, and I know each and every one of those people are proud to be associated with you, whether your wind light comes on or not, Matt. But uh, it certainly is very gratifying for them, I'm sure, to see what has happened to you this year, man. Again, congratulations on on an amazing year, but you know we're not done. I mean, rapid fires up. (laughs) Where, Where I give you five questions and you give me the answers well as i put the list together for you you know you're kind of a special guy you're special to me and just special (laughs) in general so your five question list is seven questions i I could not hold it to five i just couldn't do it so (laughs) um so are you ready for this i'm ready i don't know the answer to this i know kind of the answer to this first one but okay this will help people look get to know a little bit more about you you celebrate a win with a good cold beer or what? Ice cold Pepsi. Ice cold Pepsi. You know, only alcohol goes in your fuel tank, right? Yep, yep. The uh, the cars are on alcohol, not the driver. <laughs> I hear you. Matt, what's your dream car, whether it be a race car or daily driver? Um, man, I would say uh, my dream daily driver would be some sort of i don't know old hot rod that i could drive around every single day and uh drive it to the racetrack and be able to race like super pro with it or something i uh always had the dream of having a malibu wagon which i believe you had one or still have one i still do but Um, i love um i've always had the dream of having a malibu wagon to drive on the street and uh drive to the racetrack and race so i would say uh that could be on on the list for my dream car very cool if racing wasn't your hobby you'd do what matt i would probably play golf a lot oh I, i i play some golf right now but if uh if i didn't race i'd i'd say my golf game would be a lot better um, but I would definitely, uh, I definitely play a lot of golf. Cool. Um, what's the worst injury you've ever had? Whew. Um, I, I don't know if I broke my ankle or severely sprained it, but I, I'm, I'm a pretty clumsy person. A lot of people that me pretty well, uh, know that. Um, and I, I fell out of, or fell out of the back of my house pretty much um there's a we have some steps that go into our patio and i was coming in a little hot and uh i fell flat on my butt um after i rolled my ankle and uh, i was in a cast for a while and it was the uh it was the day before i was supposed to leave uh for my first ever um divisional i was going to run super street and uh in the starfire and uh i was in the hospital that night getting a cast on my leg Oh, so that injury was worse just because of the impact it had, not just your physical pain, but, you know, your racing loss. That was, 
Oh, yeah. Make it even yeah, even uh, more terrible. I was laying on our patio, uh, moaning in pain, and my dad goes, what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> like that, I, I'm, like, dying over here. He's like, huh. And then walked away. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I better get up. And my mom came running out, and she pretty much um, – <laughs> My leg was falling off and stuff. Of so. course. But yeah, that's probably the worst injury. If you could write a book about yourself, Matt, what would be the name of the book? Um, Living the Dream. Oh, that's a great answer. That was number five, too. I should have ended it on that, but I can't. I got two more. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> If you had an unlimited supply of one thing, money excluded, what would it be? Whew. Um, man, that's a good one. Um, Thank you. Un- unlimited supply of race cars, if that was a thing. Oh, yeah. Another great answer. And this one's not, not a kind that's going to stump you or any of that. I just want to know, what's your favorite music genre? Whew. I'm I'm kind of a country guy, but uh, yes. if if I uh, if I get into some you know long time traveling you know driving to a race, um, I I do dip into the gangster rap here and there. <laughs> kind of a country guy, but I dip into the gangster rap. <laughs> oh yeah, quite a diverse uh, <laughs> love for music, but. Uh... So you, you don't go if you're on a long drive. You don't. You're saying you don't go Dan Fletcher and don't listen to the radio. Well, I uh, I wouldn't say that because I have been known to uh, drive hours and hours with no radio and not realize it. But I, I do talk on the phone. Oh wow! So okay. Well, good stuff. That's that's all the rapid fires, Matt. And you answered those extremely well, as I expected. <laughs> Uh, really enjoyed sitting down for a little bit, getting to know you a little better, and, and you sharing your story and your dream season with us, man. Congratulations again on a, an unbelievable run, and I hope it's not over for you. I hope you continue to, to do that here in this season and seasons beyond. But uh, thank you so much for giving us some time and, and letting us sit down and chat with you, bud. Really appreciate it. Hey, anytime. I, uh, I appreciate what, uh, what you uh, – you Luke and Mark do for the sport. I mean, this, uh, what you guys are doing with the podcast. I mean, it, it puts it on a bigger stage, you know, even, you know, these big races put them on a bigger stage, but this puts it on a bigger stage. And I, uh, couldn't be more thankful for you guys. We appreciate the kind words, my friend. Uh, I wish you luck this weekend and I will see you soon in Montgomery until then. Just good luck with the wind lights and stay safe. Look forward to chatting with you in Montgomery. I appreciate it, Big Jeb. All right, Matt. Thanks, man. Have a great night. Hey, you too, man. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And you can do that on 
Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Reasons to use BTE tune-up services. Number one, quick turnaround time. You won't be out of commission for half the season while you're waiting on your parts. Number two, unparalleled customer service and responsive communication. Reason number three, all brands of parts are accepted. It's not like they just work on BTE parts. Number four, BTE offers freight shipping discounts. They are located in the shipping capital of the United States near Memphis, Tennessee. And number five, reason to use BTE tune-up services, quality work from knowledgeable technicians helps your system achieve peak performance. All right, you know that thisisbracketracing.com is your online resource if your goal is to become a better racer. At least if you don't, you should. But did you know that thisisbracketracing.com also houses a multitude of part sales, parts that uh, you need or may need for your racing operation? And while we've got competitive pricing, while we run um, uh, sales occasionally, I'd say that the biggest um, caveat that we have for online part sales on thisisbracketracing.com, the biggest selling point, is that we don't sell everything. Okay, I leave that to, to the professionals at JEGS. In fact, I order from JEGS nearly every week. Um, but what you find on thisisbracketracing.com is nothing but parts that either myself and or Kevin Brannon depend on personally, that we use in our own cars, that in many cases we have supplied um, video explanation of why we depend on these products, what um, specific model or part number of these products may work for your specific application, and why. Um, some of the parts um, and lines that we carry on thisisbracketracing.com include AirTech, APD, Autometer, BTE, that's Bill Taylor Enterprises, Dead and Bear, Dixie Racing Products, Flowfast, FTI, Milodon, Olens, and a handful more. Um, again, no part on thisisbracketracing.com, uh, no parts available on the website are not run by either Kevin and or myself. So if you want to get on there and check it out, see what we have to offer, the selection is growing by the day. Uh, you can check that out now at thisisbracketracing.com slash parts. And remember, This Is Bracket Racing Elite members get a 10% discount on all part sales through thisisbracketracing.com. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning it. For breaking in anything, bottom ball before a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty, switching feet like Jerry Pennington. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss, or at least reference, This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer. Led by knowledgeable professionals, Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect. 
led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100 plus entries, there's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elitist for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.